Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Titus, Conduct Consistent with Sound Teaching, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Last week, February 14th, was our previous study in our long-term Easter series. It was our examination of the topic titled, Titus, Conduct Consistent with Sound Teaching, Part 1. When we wander from our charge and calling, even in our faith in Christ, because our curiosity calls us elsewhere, we can get into trouble. We fail to see we are also wandering away from our calling set to by God. Frequently, God's people refuse and even rebuke loving instruction. Many believe that the Christian walk is something that is woven into a comfortable life. These people are comfortable in the world they live and do not want people to upset that comfort. Yet, if you truly follow God, you will find there is a sense of being uncomfortable in your walk that one can only get used to by doing. It is not easy. However, what of anything in this life that is of value is easy? We continue our look at the book of Titus. Certainly, this week, we will find some challenging language in Scripture. You have to remember, when the books of the Bible were written and what was socially acceptable in older days, such as the subject of slavery. Hopefully, all of us can look today and see we are now above this social ill. However, It was a part of everyday, normal life in biblical times. So, do not let historical language turn your ear from this week's study, since there is valued good to what we can learn for the better. Verse 9 starts with the word, slaves. Again, I want to remind you, In the days of the Bible, slavery was a part of common, everyday life. While we today have grown past this mentally, socially, and by and large, most of us believe that slavery is wrong. You have to remember, again, in biblical times, slavery was a part of everyday life. In those days, There were both good masters and bad masters, good slaves and bad slaves. Therein is where we today can learn lessons of those before in a now mostly condemned lifestyle. So, here in Titus, as well as other places in the Bible, we read about slaves and or slavery. On this and more, we read, 
Slaves are to be subject to their own masters in everything, to do what is wanted and not talk back, not pilfering, but showing all good faith in order to bring credit to the teaching of God, our Savior, in everything. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. It trains us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, as we wait for the happy fulfillment of our hope in the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to set us free from every kind of lawlessness and to purify for himself a people who are truly his, who are eager to do good. So communicate these things with the sort of exhortation or rebuke that carries full authority. Don't let anyone look down on you. From Titus chapter 2, verses 9 through 15. Because verse 9 opens with slaves and masters, we want to look at verses 9 and 10 for the complete thought. First, to fully understand what Titus is saying to us. To do this, let us first read an associated passage from 1 Corinthians. It reads, Let each one remain in that situation in life in which he was called. Were you called as a slave? Do not worry about it, but if indeed you are able to be free, make the most of the opportunity. For the one who was called in the Lord as a slave is the Lord's freed man. In the same way, the one who was called as a free person is Christ's slave. You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. In whatever situation someone was called, brothers and sisters, let him remain in it with God. From 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 20 through 24. Notice verse 20. For clarity, it read, Let each one remain in that situation in life in which he was called. Commentary on this verse reads, The same calling, that is, the condition from which he is called a Jew, a Greek, a slave, or a free man. This means the situation in which you are saved is the situation you should remain in, meaning you are best qualified to witness the salvation of Christ to those who are most like you. By self-example, I was a car mechanic for 40 years of my work life. I excelled and won awards for my work and thinking through problems to solutions no one else could find. I then became a computer technician as times changed, with nearly unending qualifications, 
recognition and awards for both service and creative solutions to problems. In this realm, I also met highly intelligent people like myself. This is my group to whom I am responsible to God to witness based on scripture, based on commentary we just read. It is not for me to move outside that group because my witness will fall flat more often than it will find meaning in an unsaved heart. Frequently, they do not become saved in Christ. This is how we perceive losing the battle we are called to engage in by winning souls to Christ. This is our reasoning for pulling back our witness given we fail more frequently than not. While there is more than one reason for this failure, the number one reason is the fact we are witnessing to others outside our station in life. This is how God gets his message to all peoples, through all peoples. You or I are not responsible for the salvation of everyone we encounter. Otherwise, our witness would keep us busy with nothing else. Now, commentary on our reference verse in Titus chapter 2 verse 9 reads, Servants, slaves, to please them well, to give satisfaction, from Alfred, to be complacent in everything, to have that zealous desire to gain the master's good will, which will anticipate the master's wish and do even more than is required. The reason for frequent recurrence of injunctions to slaves to subjection was that in no rank was there more danger of the doctrine of the spiritual equality and freedom of Christians being misunderstood than in that of slaves. It was natural for the slave who had become a Christian to forget his place and put himself on a social level with his master. Hence, the charge for each to abide in the sphere in which he was when converted. Reference, 1 Corinthians, chapter 7, verses 20 through 24. From Robert Jameson, A.R. Fawcett, and David Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871. What if this use of the subject matter found in slavery, which was then a common social thing, is used in a matter-of-fact way to be an example of us as slaves to Christ. We have to remember, no matter how we perceive ourselves today, we are either a slave to sin and ungodliness or a willing and self-defined slave to Christ. The difference comes in the fact that we in Christ have, while considered slaves, a degree of personal autonomy, freedom for decision-making capability and autonomous thinking exist in our newfound freedom. If we are slaves to sin and the devil, that same freedom we have in Christ is astonishingly copied and deceivingly given to us as false truth. 
we then see no need for Christ as we are certain of our position as unsaved individuals. Commentary further tells us, Servants must know and do their duty to their earthly masters, with a reference to their heavenly one. In serving an earthly master according to Christ's will, he is served. Such shall be rewarded by him, not giving disrespectful or provoking language, but to take a check or reproof with silence, not making confident or bold replies. When conscious of a fault, to excuse or justify it doubles it. Never putting to their own use that which is their master's, nor wasting the goods they are trusted with. Showing all good fidelity to improve a master's goods and promote his thriving. If ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Reference Luke chapter 16, verse 12, from Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible. Public domain. The verse pointed out in commentary reads And if you were not faithful in that of another, who will give you that which is yours? From Luke chapter 16, verse 12. Reference verses are 10 through 13 for the full context. Commentary on Luke chapter 16, verse 12 reads the Lord referred to in this parable condemned not the fraud, but the policy of the steward. In that respect alone it is not noticed. Worldly men, in the choice of their object, are foolish, but in their activity and perseverance they are often wiser than believers. The unjust steward is not set before us as an example in cheating his master or to justify any dishonesty, but to point out the careful ways of worldly men. It would be well if the children of light would learn wisdom from the men of the world and would as earnestly pursue their better object. The true riches signify spiritual blessings, and if a man spends upon himself or hoards up what God has trusted to him as to outward things, what evidence can he have that he is an heir of God through Christ? From Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible, Public Domain. Another commentary passage also tells us this. Another man's, your own. An important turn to the subject. Here all we have is on trust as stewards who have an account to render. Hereafter, what the faithful have will be their own property, being no longer on probation, but insecure undisturbed, rightful, everlasting possession and enjoyment of all that is graciously bestowed on us. Thus, 
Money is neither to be idolized or despised. We must sit loose to it and use it for God's glory. From Robert Jameson, A. R. Fawcett, and David Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871. Notice what Matthew Henry said. It would be well if the children of light would learn wisdom from the men of the world and would as earnestly pursue their better object. Now, we are told further by Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown Commentary, Here, all we have is on trust as stewards who have an account to render. Now, maybe Matthew Henry's words can make this come together in a full thought. It reads, The true riches signify spiritual blessings, and if a man spends upon himself or hoards up what God has trusted to him as to outward things, what evidence can he have that he is an heir of God through Christ? For clearer context, all quoted passages, as just quoted, read, It would be well if the children of light would learn wisdom from the men of the world and would as earnestly pursue their better object. Here, all we have is on trust as stewards who have an account to render. The true riches signify spiritual blessings, and if a man spends upon himself or hoards up what God has trusted to him as to outward things, what evidence can he have that he is an heir of God through Christ? Think and pray about that. If you have allowed yourself to regress to the sidelines, as we are not encouraged by Scripture to do. The rest of this passage tells us why this all makes sense. For remembrance, it reads, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. It trains us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, as we wait for the happy fulfillment of our hope in the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to set us free from every kind of lawlessness and to purify for himself a people who are truly his, who are eager to do good. So, communicate these things with the sort of exhortation or rebuke that carries full authority. Don't let anyone look down on you. From Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. We have three quick closing points from Scripture to make. 1. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all 
people. 2. It trains us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age as we wait for the happy fulfillment of our hope in the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 3. He gave himself for us to set us free from every kind of lawlessness and to purify for himself a people who are truly his, who are eager to do good. This means God's grace has appeared and it brings his salvation to all people, regardless of where you live or where you are found in these pandemic days. His grace trains us. It trains us to reject godless ways and worldly desires. It also trains us to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly life in this present day, time, even pandemic times. For we who are saved in Christ await the happy fulfillment of our hope in His glorious appearing. Our God and Savior, who is Jesus Christ. Now, if all that is true, are we slaves? The answer to that question is found in our item 3, which reads, He gave himself for us to set us free. Free of all the worldly things that bind us and in some ways own us. We are to be purified for himself, a people who are truly his. We, therefore, are, or should be, eager to do good, or what we otherwise know as good works. There you are. With this message, we have learned something from days past when slavery was part of everyday life of which especially in Christ, are now free men and women. Next week, we will look at part two of this discussion found here in Titus chapter two. Remember, this year we are doing a more in-depth Easter study to promote spiritual growth. Titus, we believe, gives us what is a good study for this purpose in this leading time to Easter. Play or download next week's episode, Titus, Conduct Consistent with Sound Teaching, Part 2, from one of our podcast hosts. Or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ.
We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled How to Be Saved at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled Introduction About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. If you would rather search for us, please use the search phrase, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church, to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. Note, please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ, Himself, and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.